Masechet Barah Kamadaf Tet Vav. The Mishnah listed a whole bunch of requirements necessary uh, in order to pay damages. And one of them was Alpi Adim. Has to be that there are witnesses that said, listen, you know, we saw you uh, uh, damage that, that person's item and therefore you have to pay. So what is this coming to teach us? This is coming to exclude someone who admits to paying a fine and then witnesses come. This is a general rule regarding a fine as opposed to compensation. Uh, you see, if I owe someone $100 because I borrowed it from them and uh, I have to pay them no matter what, even if, there's no, if there are no witnesses, um, I have to come forward and pay it to him because I owe it to him. This is different from a fine. For example, you know, if a, a cop catches me speeding, he's going to give me a ticket. I have to pay a fine. If I go to a cop and say, listen, last week I went, I, I drove above the speed limit. He's not going to give me a fine for that because I'm coming and admitting it, which means, which shows that I learned my lesson. A fine is not compensation for a loss, uh, but rather uh, something that's there to prevent me from taking a certain action. And that's the logic behind the idea that if you admit to something, that for which you would have to pay a fine, then you don't have to pay it. So what about in this case where um, I, he admitted to it, and then after I admitted that, listen, I, I caused you this damage, so you know what? I, uh, I admit it, and so therefore I don't have to pay the fine. We're assuming here that uh, payment for damages is a fine. This is gonna, we're going to discuss this soon. Um, and then witnesses came afterwards. So even though the witnesses did come afterwards, and if I hadn't admitted, then I would have had to pay because there are witnesses. So this uh, part of the Mishnah teaches, teaches us that even if witnesses came, if I admitted before the witnesses came, then I do not have to pay. Good. That's all good. According, there's a machloket about this. So this is a good answer according to the opinion that says, if I admit to a fine and then witnesses come, then I am not liable. But there's another opinion that says, if I even if I admit to the fine, but then witnesses come after, I am liable. This is like, you know, if a speed camera uh, caught me speeding and I didn't get anything in the mail, so I think I got away with it. I go and I call up and I say, listen, I know I was speeding, I want to pay. So they say, okay, you don't have to pay. But it turns out that the camera did catch me and then I get a ticket after. I can't say, oh, but I called you and admitted it, therefore I don't have to pay. No, it doesn't help. Since there were, in fact, witnesses, even though they didn't come yet, the fact that they eventually would have come means I would have had to pay no matter what. And admitting beforehand doesn't help. Admission for a fine would only help if there are no witnesses at all. If they never didn't come and don't, don't come afterwards, then, okay, I don't have to pay because of a fine. But if witnesses come at any point, even after I admit it, I have to pay. According to that, then what's the explanation of this Mishnah? And the answer is, Sefa Isterikha Le. We actually need these words, Alpi Edim, are just part of the next phrase, Benechorin u Beneberit, that the witnesses have to be free and Jewish. Benechorin Mutavadim, Beneberit Mutavgoim, free is to exclude if they're slaves, and Jewish to exclude non Jews who would not be valid witnesses. Usedicha, I need both of them. I couldn't learn one from a Kavachomer uh, from the other. 
דיש מינן עבד משום דאין לו יחס, אבל גוי דיש לו יחס אמלה. If it only said regarding slaves, so I would say, oh, you know why slaves can't be a good witness? Because they don't have a lineage. The lineage of a slave is not legally recognized. Obviously, the, uh, everyone has a father and a mother, but uh, part of, uh, part of the, one of the degradations of slavery, besides you know, work and all that, and not having freedom of one's time, that the family structure and within slavery is not recognized. Um, so maybe you'd say he can't be a witness because he doesn't have lineage, but non-Jews actually do have recognized lineage. So maybe I, I would have thought maybe a non-Jew can be a witness. And so that's why it has to tell me that a non-Jew cannot be a witness. If you only tell me regarding uh, Goy, I would say the reason he can't be a witness is because he's not liable to commandments. But an Ived is. is Ebed Kenani we're talking about, who is uh, liable to uh, commandments the same to the same degree as women are. Misvot uh, all misvot lotase and misvot ase she lo hazman gerama the Ebed has to do, and uh, therefore I might have thought that a non-Jew can't be a witness because he does, doesn't do any misvot. Ebed does do misvot, so maybe he can be a witness. That's why you have to teach me both of them. The next item in the Mishnah says, Women are included in all the laws of damages. Uh, what's the source of this? Uh, we're going to see sources both for women being liable if they are a damager, and also women being eligible to receive payment if they are the victims of damage. Amadav, so we're going to see three sources. Amadav Yehuda Amadav, Vechen Katana Deber Bishmael, Amar Kera, Ish or Isha Kiyasu Mikol Hatot. This is talking about an Asham Gezelot. If I lie about a monetary item and, and swear falsely about it, um, then I have to bring an Asham. And it says here, Ish or Isha, a man or a woman. And since it says it here in this example, we explicate it to other examples, all other examples of damages, uh, all punishments. Um, uh, men and women are equal, just like a woman would have to bring such an Asham, and this is a type of punishment. So we extrapolate from here all other punishments. So there, and one of the punishments is payment for damage. So this is source number one. This is the beginning of Parashat Mishpatim, where we learn all the lots of these laws about damages and monetary things. Um, it says to place before them. These are the laws to place before them. So before them, it means everyone, everyone who's there, right? Everyone that's standing, uh, they're still at Harasinai. And so the Pasuk is equating men and women to all civil laws in the Torah, everything that's uh, including damages that are mentioned in Mishpatim. That's source number two. See, the first one's a bit more general because about uh, it is about Asham, but we're explicating all Onashim. Um, here, it seems uh, specific to Dinin, meaning civil laws. Third source, Amar Kera, Ish O Isha. If an ox, if my ox goes and kills a man or a woman, I, even though my ox did it, I am liable to capital punishment. Even though technically I'm liable, I can pay kofer, I can pay a, uh, a ransom amount, and that, that way I don't have to get capital punishment. Um, so that's the general rule. And you see, it goes out of its way. It doesn't matter whether my ox kills a man or a woman. If she is the victim, she gets paid that ransom amount. So here, the first two sources were about a man and woman are equal in their 
um, punishment or payment means they have to pay and uh, this this source is saying that if she is the victim it makes no difference um, at least regarding um, if an ox uh, kills a man or a woman the ox owner is uh, liable to pay the kofed equally so here she is the victim good now um, either way we're going to learn that you know if she has to pay she will also be eligible to get paid if she gets paid as a, a victim she also will have a responsibility to pay kind of they, they go they they're assuming that uh, the reciprocal responsibility and liability go together. Why do I need all these three sources, even though the different sages have said each one? In fact, just one of them would not be would not be sufficient. If I only had the first one regarding an asham, asham uh, effectuates atonement between a person and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So I would say there, um, Hashem had, had pity on uh, a woman so that they can have atonement. A woman causes damage or, or um, uh, in that case, lies about something and uh, and then uh, and swears falsely and wants to achieve atonement. So being able to bring an Hashem is a mercy. That, thank you. Now I can get atonement for it. Avaldinin ish devar masa matan in but regarding actually paying in civil laws, I would say it's usually the way of men to go engage in business. They're the ones that are going out and being merchants and going to the marketplace and doing things. So therefore, they are responsible in uh, all those matters. Whereas women, it's not usually their way uh, to be engaged in business. So I might have thought that uh, women do are not liable in such matters. So that's why I need the second pasuk. Now, if I had only the second pasuk about all parashat mishpatim, I would say, I would say, look, women have to be uh, obligated and responsible and also be eligible to receive uh, payment in these matters because you need it, she needs it to sustain herself. Not every woman has a, a husband or a father or some man in her life that's going to go do business. Sometimes women have to go and do business themselves. So they need it just to live. So if, if you exclude women from all the laws, of damages or civil laws, then, then no one's going to want to do business with her. Because that means, you know, if, they, if she doesn't pay uh, back alone, I can't take her. If she causes damage, if I, if I give her something to watch and she doesn't uh, do a good job, I can't, I can't make her pay. So then no one's ever going to want to engage in business and then they won't be able to live. And so I might say that, yes, women are, have, to, have to be involved in that. Uh, just to live. But regarding bringing an asham to get atonement, maybe only a man, since he's commanded regarding these matters, he needs atonement. But maybe a woman maybe doesn't need atonement because she's not commanded. We'll just you know we'll 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 make her pay be and 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 let her get paid because of living. But maybe she's not really commanded, so she doesn't need atonement. So that's why I need the first pasuk to teach me that's not true. She does need atonement. Now, that's why I need the first two. But even if I had the first two, I might think that I need the first two because it has to teach me that, yes, a woman is eligible, we want her to get atonement. And she has to be involved in the laws of civil matters 
because that's a, a matter of us just be, to be able to sustain herself. But regarding being killed, I might have thought, this is a crazy Havamina, but don't worry, we'll reject it right away, that a man who is obligated in commandments, that the owner of the ox, if he kills a man, is liable because he killed someone who is obligated in commandments. But women who are not com committed, commanded in all commandments, they're uh, obviously uh, um, they're commanded in actually most of them, but since she's not com uh, not commanded in all misvot, I might have thought that uh, my ox kills a woman, I'm not liable. So uh, that's what I might have thought. Anyway, that's not true. And uh, one is liable to, li to capital punishment, although he can pay his way out and give a coffin and give pay ransom if his ox kills a man or a woman. And so that's why I need the third pasuk. If I had only the third pasuk, I might have thought only in the third one, thir third uh, case where someone dies. I might say, listen, when it comes to loss of life, there men and women are going to be equal. But the other ones where it's not loss of life, it's just uh, some damage or stealing or, uh, or um, um, uh, some uh, payment that's owed. So there, I might think that's not so serious and maybe women are not included in those commandments and that's why I need the first two. And so this explains why I need all three Pesukim. The Mishnah mentioned Hanizak v'Hamazik betashlumin, both the injured party and the one that does the damages uh, share in the responsibility for payment for the damages. So it seems to be referring to a short tam, where the owner of the short tam that did the damages pays half, and the uh, victim also um, basically he'll have to pay for half the damages himself. He doesn't get paid for it. Okay, so we're going to see this was going to come up as a, a proof or a challenge in, uh, 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 within the following machloket. Itmar. A very fundamental machloket about the nature of the chatsi nezek, the half payment that is uh, given by the owner of a short tam. According to Rav Papa, that half payment uh, for damages is compensation. It's a regular compensatory amount because you you, you were um, you were damaged. Uh, according to that, you'd have to explain why it should only be half, right? I mean, if I stole hundred dollars from you, I have to pay back all of it, not just half of it. Why in damages for a short tam would it be only half? But anyway, it is compensation. The son of Yehoshua, he says it's a fine. Um, now, if it's a fine, why should there be a fine at all? We have to explain that. Um, and in other words, I don't owe anything really in terms of compensation, which we have to ask, well, why, why don't you owe anything? And if you don't owe anything, what's the reason for the fine? So now we're going to explain each opinion. Rav Papa Amar Mamona. The papa says that the half payment is in fact compensation. And here it's based on the assumption that generally um, oxen, just a regular oxen, short of time, um, are not presumed that they are safeguarded. In other words, their nature is, go is not going to prevent them from acting uh, um, violently. In other words, we have to assume, even a short of time, we have to assume it's going to get out of hand, it's going to act violently. Um, so therefore, the letter of the law, really, bedinhu, um, that I, the owner of the short time, should have to pay 100%. 
that real that's really what it should be. However, the Torah says we want to have pity on the person because he wasn't warned yet. And even though really, really everybody should be careful with their oxen, even if it never gored before, because they have a tendency to be violent and you should be and you therefore you should be careful and you should be responsible for hundred percent. Nevertheless, because you didn't have a warning yet, once, twice, three times. Um, and so then you're not going to be as vigilant in, uh, in it. And then uh, you're going to have to keep paying this amount, the full amount. So you know what Torah says? Uh, we're going to have mercy on the owner of the Shoratam to only pay half. Okay, so it's a special dispensation um, because until the person is warned multiple times. And uh, if you're already warned multiple times and you still didn't, then the letter of the law kicks in. That's Rav Papa, so it is compensation. Ravuna starts off with the basic assumption that oxen generally are, are safe, uh, are presumed to be safe. Uh, a normal ox is going to be safe. Um, and so remember, you know, the difference between a bull and an ox, they're the same exact animal, except the bull has, has all of its anatomy and therefore is a lot of testosterone, is very wild. Ox means that they uh, it's castrated and therefore doesn't have testosterone and it's calmed down. So, um, uh, you know, bulls would be useful for something, but generally if to work in the fields, um, I, you, you would um, have oxen. And so oxen generally are tame. And therefore, they are presumed to be safe. And therefore, if my ox happens to be in a strange, strangely goes and gores someone, really, I should not have to pay. I don't pay anything. But the Torah says, you know what? Even though from the, really from the morality of the law, I can't even say letter of the law because these are, uh, this is in the Torah, but from the from basic natural morality, you shouldn't have to pay anything because generally they're safe. Nevertheless, the Torah comes and gives a fine so that you'll be extra careful and safeguard your ox, even from uh, even if it's not uh, didn't have any history, um, because sometimes they get out of hand, and therefore it's going to be a fine. Once it's a fine, we can understand why it's not a full amount. It's a fine just to to make you a little bit more aware. And that's why it's only 50%. Okay, so that's the Machloket. Now we're going to see four attempted proofs uh, for one or the other. And the last one actually will be conclusive, but the first three won't be. The first proof is from our very Mishnah, Tenan. Hanizak uh, Mazik Betashlumin says that both the Nizak and the Mazik share in Tashlumin. If you say that the half payment is a re- is compensation, then that makes sense that you're saying the Nizak shares in the compensation. The Mazik pays half the compensation, and the Nizak will have to come up from his own pocket with the other half to make up uh, the damages. But according to the one who says that the mazik himself is only paying a fine, so the, uh, the, the, that money that the nizak gets is actually not really his by right. You have to pay a fine. So now wh- where's the money going to go? Just you know, put it in the temple treasury? Where is it going to go? Okay, we'll give it to the nizak. But really the nizak is not really owed anything in terms of compensation. Um, so it's, it, even the, what the mazik paid is not compensation to the nizak. So there's certainly the nizak's loss, you're not going to call compensation. There is no compensation anywhere. So there's a challenge to the opinion that says that it is a kanas. And so the answer is, You're right, we're not talking about the half payment 
that um, one gives and the other uh, and in Isaac has to take as a loss. Rather, we're talking about the diminishing value of the carcass. There, as we saw before, the Nizak is responsible for that diminishing value. Um, we, uh, the Mazik would be in his interest to assess the value of the carcass right at the time of the accident, and he can deduct that from his payment. I don't have to pay that amount. And so therefore, uh, the Nizak really should sell it right away uh, before it decays. Um, if it does, if he doesn't and it decays, um, then the Nizak is going to lose out. And that that is called compensation. Um, so that's the, uh, that's the contribution that the Nizak is giving in terms of the compensation. Now we ask, Hold on. I mean, this is acceptable, except that the Mishnah already talked about this. Um, when the Mishnah says, Tashlumeh Nezik, payment of damage, and we learn from that that the owner of the victim ox um, has to deal with his own animal, which means he has to go and take it, and he has to, it's his responsibility, his loss, if it, uh, of any um, deterioration that happens to it. So we already know that. Why would you have to say it twice in this Mishnah? And the answer is you do have to say it twice. Hatam betam, chada betam, bechada bemoad. We need it to know it once for the law of a short time that the nizak um, absorbs the comp- absorbes the loss and that a short also that the nizak absorbs the loss. It wouldn't be obvious from one to the other. Usricha. So you need both. Why? If you told me that shortam, then Nizak absorbs the loss. Maybe there the mazik is or we were lenient on the mazik because he wasn't forewarned. But if it's a short mu'ad, I might say that the mazik, you should have known, you have to pay everything and you're responsible. The mazik is responsible for the uh, the loss, uh, the the deterioration. Uh, so that's why you have to tell me that's true from Mu'ad. And if it only told me Mu'ad, uh, Well, I would say Mu'ad, maybe you know what Mu'ad, the, for the owner, for a short Mu'ad, he doesn't have to pay for the dem- diminishing of the value of the carcass because after all, he's paying a full amount. So we give him off a little bit. You're paying 100%, um, you know, minus the value of the carcass. So since you're paying so much, well, uh, we'll give you a break and you don't have to pay for the diminishing value. But for a short time, where he's only paying half to begin with, maybe the owner of the short time uh, is more responsible. So that's why he has to say short time also. So now we know in both cases, then Isaac is the one that um, absorbs the loss. And so that's why we need it uh, uh, twice. But in any case, we did answer the question. The uh, Tashlumin is, does not refer to the other half of the Chassi Nezik, since the Chassi Nezik is only a fine to begin with, um, the person who says that this is a fine, um, Rav Huna, would say that the, um, the, the, the um, contribution of the Nizak is actually regarding the diminishing value of the carcass. Okay, second attempted proof, Tashema. Ma ben tam lemuad, a Mishnah on tomorrow's daf, says, what's the difference between the laws of Shortam and Shormu'ad? Shortam, it's not only that he has to only, he only pays half, the owner of the Shortam has a max limit that he has to pay, uh, which is the value of the uh, body, the, the, uh, the, the value of the goring ox. If the goring ox is uh, worth only 100 and it gores a $1,000 ox, um, and causes, let's say, full damage, kills it. 
Um, so really, um, a thousand, half of a thousand should have to pay 500, but there's a max. Since my ox that gored you is only worth a hundred, that's the max that I have to pay. Okay. Max is out at 500, max is out at the value of the, uh, goring ox. Whereas for Mu'ad, I have to pay the full amount and have to pay it from my best land. In other words, I have to go out of pocket, not just, doesn't, it's not limited by the, uh, by the value of the ox of any ox. I have to pay the full amount and from the best quality land. So there's a, that's a fundamental difference between them. Okay. Now, if you say that the payment for a short time is uh, is a fine, see, for sure, Mo'ad is compensation because there you're paying the full amount. So everybody agrees with that. The, the machloket is only with short time. Um, if, according to that, as Ravuna says, the payment of a short tam is only a fine, then there should be an additional distinction between them, and Mishnah doesn't say it. We should also add another distinction for a short tam. Since it's a fine, if I come and admit it, let's say nobody was there, and there was no witnesses to see to, uh, that saw what happened, but then, I, but I was there. I saw my short do damage to your short, my short tam. Um, so if I come and admit it, I say, listen. I was there, I want to admit this to you. I should be um, uh, not liable to pay because in a fine, you're not liable, liable to pay. Whereas if my show was a Shor Mu'ad, and again, there's no witnesses, and I come and admit it, I would still have to pay. You know, like just like if I steal something, um, if I admit and I, I admit it, I have to pay the compensation amount, right? The basic amount of what I stole. I don't have to pay the double because the double is a fine. Um, so that's the general rule. So if you said that short time is a the payment of short time is a fine, then you should have an additional distinction that for short time admission I don't have to pay. For short mu'ad admission I would have to pay. Why? Why doesn't the Mishnah add that? If it's asking ma ben short ben mu'ad, it should say this too. Therefore, this is a proof that. Tam is a actually compensation, and that's why the law is actually the same in both. That even when I when I when I admit, I have to pay for both. And the answer that Rav can give is Tanavishiyer. You're right. There, there, this is a true distinction, and this list in the in the Mishnah is not is not uh, comprehensive. It only gave one distinction, even though this other distinction Rav says I think would be true. Okay, fine. You can say that it's not um, comprehensive, but then you have to show that it's leaving out at least two things. What else is it leaving out? You know, in the list, you don't just leave out one thing. If an animal, if my animal kills a person, I'm technically liable to a death penalty, but I can pay ransom. Now, that's only true for short time. Uh, for sorry, for short mu'ad, then I have to pay a ransom. But for short tam, I don't pay anything, not even chasi kofed. So when it says leaving out chasi kofed, it means that it means another yet another distinction that um, for short tam, there's a difference between damage where I have to pay half and a ransom where I don't pay anything at all. So that's a second thing that it left out. So yeah, it left out this thing about admission, and it also left out. That for when when it comes to paying ransom, short time you don't pay any ransom, and so that therefore see it is leaving things out. So this is a good defense for Rabhuna, but we reject it. This is not necessarily would this be something that is left out because it could be. We're not saying for sure that the author of this Mishnah Zbiyosai Galili 
But it could be the Be'as Yigeli, and if so, if you want to bring a proof, it has to be a proof, absolute proof, no matter what. And here, if we say that this is following a Be'as Yigeli, it happens to be that he says that a short time that kills someone, I have to pay half of the ransom amount. Shomuad would be the full ransom amount. But that that that's uh, that's uh, follow follows in line with the same laws of damages, uh, right? Which we already know, and so this is not something that it's leaving out. And therefore, this would be a problem because now it's only leaving out one thing. So, in fact, if we follow the Biosagalili, then we would have a serious challenge against Rav Hunau says it's fine. But we don't have to follow the Biosagalili. We're just saying if you do follow them. Uh, but uh, Rav Hunau could easily say that we're following Rabbanan. And according to Rabbanan, Chazi Kofet is a difference between them that you pay full amount for Shomuad, but you pay nothing, uh, no Kofet for a short time. And left that out. And so left out also uh, this case of admission and so left two things out and therefore there is no challenge from this source um, and so now we move on to the third attempted proof this is a mishnah in masechet ketubot if someone comes and makes an admission and said listen my ox killed that person or someone comes to the betin and says listen um, nobody was there. Nobody knows. But my, I want to admit, my ox killed uh, the that uh, that person's ox. Either it killed that person or it killed that person's ox. One has to pay. Ah, so you see that there, um, one pays for a case of admission. My love, betam. Are we not talking about uh, all cases, including a short tam? And if a short tam is a, is compensation, well, then that makes perfect sense that you have to still pay. But if a, if chasinezek that a short tam pays is a fine, then it shouldn't, one should not have to pay for an admission. So this is a challenge to Ravuna, um, who says that it's a fine. We answer, La bimu'ad. This Mishnah, no, could be talking about only a short mu'ad. Shomu'ad, everyone agrees, is compensation. Uh, so that's, there's no problem from here. So we ask, So now you're telling me, but if it's a short time and I admit, then I won't have to pay anything? If so, look at the continuation of that Mishnah. The Mishnah wants to make a contrast between cases where one does not pay based on admission and when one does. Uh, here is uh, one does, because I was assuming that the first half is compensation, but the second half of the Mishnah says, if my ox um, uh, killed a, a slave, then there's a special law regarding slave that if my ox kills a slave, I pay 30 shekel, no matter what, no matter how much the slave is worth, whether it's worth less or more. Um, and that shows when you have a fixed amount that's not actually uh, uh, anchored in what, how much the damage is, that's a sign that it's a fine. And in fact, if I come and admit that my ox killed your slave, I do not pay based on my admission. And so you see that, okay, fine, the Mishnah makes sense, but if it were true, um, that for a short time, that the first half is talking about mu'ad, and a, sh a payment of a short time was a fine, then why are you jumping to a case of killing a slave in order to show this distinction? Why not show the distinction within the very cases of 
regular damage to an ox or to or or, or to killing a person. Um, let's focus on the not killing a person, but the the damage of an ox. And the Mishnah could have said as follows: um, If I, uh, I admit to uh, my ox killing a person or damage to uh, or killing your ox, let's talk about killing an ox. Uh, or damage to the ox, um, then, um, uh, I, and I admit to it, I have to pay, because that's Shor Mu'ad, right? This is how Davunaz is going to explain it. Um, uh, fine. But then, if you want to make a distinction, that's Shor Mu'ad, which is compensation, and then you should want to make a distinction and show a case of a fine, you should have said that's only because it's Mu'ad. But if it's Tam, then I don't pay because for short time it's only a fine. Uh, so, you see, that should have said that. The fact that it jumps all the way to a case of killing a slave in order to find the case of a fine, that means that shortam would not be such a case. Shortam would be compensation. So that's a challenge to Ravuna. We answer, No, it's not jumping at all. We're all, all talking about Mu'ad. The Mishnah wants to concentrate the whole, the B'desha and the Sefa of a short Mu'ad. So within short Mu'ad, where can we find compensation and fine? Well, compensation, you can find the regular case of it killing a person or animal. And the fine you can find regarding Ibid. And so it's not jumping to a different topic. It's true, it's jumping from killing a person, an animal, to a slave, but it's all within Mu'ad. So the Mishnah reads perfectly well, um, assuming that the Resha is uh, talking about Shor Mu'ad, and the Sefa also is Mu'ad, and so there's no proof here regarding Shortam. The Mishnah, Mishnah, Mishnah may not be talking about Shortam at all. So Rav Hunah was able is able to live another day. And then we get to the fourth and final proof, Tashima. Zehakilal, kol hameshalem yoter al mashihizik and no meshalem al pi asmo. The Mishnah, uh, that that Mishnah that we just cited, continues and says, "This is the general rule. Any any case where one pays more than the value of the damages." Um, it, that shows that it's a fine because if you're paying compensation, it should be equal to the amount of the damages. But in any case where it's more, like in the case of a, a slave there, it could be the slave is only worth 10 shekel. But if my ox kills a slave, I still have to pay 30 shekel. Any case like that, if I admit to it, I don't have to, I don't have to pay because it's a fine. That's what the Mishnah said. My love, ha pachot mi meshalem. Wait, we can infer from the wording of this Mishnah that if my payment is less than the damage amount, then I would have to pay. And chazinezek is, by definition, less than the compensation amount. And so I would have to pay based on admission. And that's a proof that it's compensation, not a fine. Isn't that a good proof? No, what the, when the Mishnah says that if I, I don't, any time it's more, it wasn't saying more as opposed to less. It was just saying if, as long as it's not exactly the same as the amount of the damage, more or less. It happened to say more, but it really means any amount that's different from the amount of the damage um, is considered a fine. And so Chasinezek also was considered a fine. And if I admit, I wouldn't have to pay. That's how Rav Huna can answer. But we challenge that. You're telling me if it's less than the amount of the damage, um, then uh, I would not have to pay when I admit because it's a fine. Is that how you're reading it? If so, the Mishnah could have said that clearly. 
הדתני זה הכלל, כל משלם יותר ממה שהזיק, אינו משלם על פי עצמו, instead of saying, anyone, anytime the, that the payment is more than the amount of the damage, it's called a fine and you don't have to pay, don't say that in the Mishnah, ליתנה זה הכלל, כל שאינו משלם כמה שהזיק, דמשמע פחות ומשמע יותר, תיובתה, the Mishnah should have said precisely what it means, anytime the payment is not exactly the same as the amount of the damage, um, then it's called a fine and I don't have to pay when I admit it. And then I would know either more or less. So the, the, the wording of the Mishnah sounds like only more but not less and therefore less is in fact compensation. Tiyubta, this is a refutation of Rav Huna. So we had a bunch of refutations and he kept dodging the bullet and but now we finally got him and uh, we rejected his, uh, uh, rejected the idea of uh, the opinion of Rav Huna that Chasi Nezek is a fine. And you think after all this work we finally have a good conclusion but then surprisingly we say Actually according to Halakha, the halakha, bottom line halakha is that we do follow Ravuna and it's a kanas. Even though we were just rejected his opinion and proved him wrong, nevertheless halakha follows him. We wonder about this. You refuted his opinion and then you say, but the halakha follows that opinion? Yes. What's the, how did you refute him? Because you said that the Mishnah should have said if it's exactly the same as the, if the payment amount is exactly the same as the damage amount, then it's called compensation, right? And it doesn't say that. It says only more if the payment is more, like in the case of a slave. Like if it kills kill, kill a slave that's worth less and I pay more, then you know it's a fine. But if my payment is less than the amount of the damage, then that's not a fine that's called compensation. That was your proof, right? But you know what? That's not such a great proof. Really, the author of that Mishnah in Ketubot did not want to make an absolute statement that any time the payment amount is not exactly equal to the compensation amount, that then it's a fine. He didn't want to say that because there is at least one example where um, this would not be true, there, where the compensation amount is in fact less, and yet it is compensation. Um, it's, uh, the compensation amount is less than the damage, and yet it's, a it's not a fine, it's definitely compensation. And that's the case that we talked about all the way in the beginning of the Masechet of Chasinezek Serorot. If an ox is walking along and it kicks pebbles, and uh, the pebbles uh, go and cause damage, in that case, the owner of the ox has to pay half. And there's a halachal Mashem Sinai that that is mamon. That even though it's only half, but that is for definitely compensation. Since you have one exception, that's why the Mishnah uh, went out of its way and said, used, used the funny language and said, only if it's more, then you know for sure that's called a fine and you wouldn't have to pay an admission. But it le the less it left out, it left it out because there is one case, one case, um, uh, where it's definitely compensation in the case of pebbles. But in other cases of pay of less pay, paying less, like a normal chasi nezek of a short time that gores, um, that in fact could be a fine. And so Rav Huna actually could answer that last, that last uh, proof that you saw, thought was a definite refutation is not a definite refutation. 
since we can answer it, in the end we say halacha is that it is in fact a fine. Okay, now that we concluded that the payment of Chassinezik is a fine, so here's the thing about fines, only a court in Eretz Israel can impose fines. They have to, you have to be, have a special level of semicha to do that. The courts in Bavel, even though there were great sages in Bavel, they were not authorized to impose fines. So, therefore, anyone who had a fine problem in Bavel would have to go to Eretz Yisrael. Okay, so now, in that, now that we know that halacha, well, if we have a case where a dog ate a lamb, or a cat ate a chicken, and they, have it, they don't have a, a history of this, this is a, a tam dog and a tam cat, um, this is not typical behavior. Um, since it's not typical behavior, it falls under the category of uh, short of keren of goring, even though it's actually eating something, but eating is defined. Remember, eating is not defined as anything that it eats. Um, where the gemara is, is being very conceptual, um, eating refers to damage that a animal does, and that is in its normal way of doing it, um, uh, which is eating. It goes in and it goes around and it eats food because that's what it does. It doesn't have intention to cause damage, and it's a normal way for it to do it. Then if it's in, within that category, it's called eating. But dogs eating a lamb or a cat eating a chicken is very unusual, not normal behavior. Goring is also not normal behavior. And so therefore, even though this is an act of eating, it falls under the category of goring. And we just said that for short time, or any tam animal that doesn't act within the category of goring, that is a fine. And therefore, it, when it happens in Bavel, the Bavel, we do not impose the fine. But that's only if the thing being eaten is big. A dog eating a big lamb or a cat eating a big chicken, that's really unusual. But if it's a small animal, that is this way, uh, that they, they do eat small things. And so then that would be under the normal category of eating. And that would, uh, well, depending on where it is, um, if it's like Bershutan Nizak, then you'd pay the full amount and that's compensation. And then in Bavel, you would have to pay. Now, back uh, to the case of it uh, eating in an unusual way, eating a big animal, if the victim goes and seizes property against, uh, doesn't go to court, but just seizes property from the owner of that dog, we don't, we don't take it from him um, because really he does, does deserve to, to collect that fine. Um, so even though the court can impose it in Bavel, if he takes it himself, then we leave it there. And if the Nizak says in Bavel, this happens to him, and he says, and the court says, sorry, this is a fine. This was a uh, short time, it's a fine, we can't do anything here. If the Nizak says, I want an appointment in Eretz Yisrael, I want you to, you know, make me an appointment, write me a letter to refer me there. Um, to go to Eretz Yisrael, we do that for him because he has a right. And then, in then such a case, if the Mazik says, I don't want to go all, all the way to Eretz Yisrael, the court in Bavel can excommunicate him 
uh, until until he goes to the court. Usually, um, one party, one litigant, can't drag the other one to a faraway place. It's not fair. This is well, I have to go all the way far away and pay for expenses um, to go all the way there. Usually, you can't. But here, since there is no betin that can adjudicate a fine in Bavel, so then the Zak has a right to drag the mazik. And if the mazik doesn't go, he'll be excommunicated. And no matter what, the Betin in Bavel does have the right and, and uh, uh, a responsibility to excommunicate the owner of the uh, of the uh, um, uh, the animal that, uh, the perpetrating animal until he removes the danger. If he has a wild dog that's going around and eating, uh, uh, killing and eating sheep. Um, then we has to, he has to get rid of that dog, right? He has to uh, take care of it. Um, and if he doesn't, then we can, even though we can't give him a fine, and remember the whole point of it being a fine is that really he doesn't owe money because it's an unusual thing. Most uh, oxen and dogs and things are tam, and so we wouldn't expect it. So the fine is meant to prevent this from happening. And so the betin in, in Bavel cannot impose a fine, but nevertheless, they can. Uh, excommunicate him until he gets rid of the danger. And how do you know that? That you can excommunicate somewhat people until they get rid of danger. As Abraita says that according to the Binatan, how do you know that a person should not raise a vicious dog in his house that can cause likely to cause damage to other people and you also shouldn't have a rickety ladder in your house that people will then climb it and fall because the pasuk says that you shall not bring blood into your house don't do set up things that someone can be that that can cause someone to be uh injured and uh if you knowingly uh could prevent it so this is a good reason to have all kinds of building codes and things to make sure that the electricity and plumbing and structure of our homes and buildings are safe because otherwise the owner of that home is is responsible for putting people in danger baruch adonai leolam amen ve'amen